Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 402 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and today I'm joined by Joanna Martin from our contributor team. Hey, Joanna. Hi, Sarah. So we have such a juicy topic today. This is like so top of mind. I love that it's the last day of January today, January 31st, if you're listening when this comes out. So Joanna, I am picturing all the black garbage bags in all of the minivan trunks everywhere. I love it. So many things going to different donation centers. Donation centers, the dump, or maybe you don't know where to get rid of the stuff. And that's something we're going to dig into today. So we are talking about literally getting rid of stuff. And I guess that the, the, the low hanging fruit there is like old toys and clothes your kids aren't playing with or wearing anymore. That's kind of what we think of first, but, but as someone with older kids, who's not maybe getting rid of quite as much like plastic kid junk anymore, I still find this very challenging. It's, it's part home decluttering. It's part like I guess like intentional living. Um, it makes me think a lot about what I bring into my house. So there's like a lot of big emotional baggage, even though we're basically talking about trash and donation today. So we have a, a lot, a lot to dig into. And I know I'm so excited to talk to you because you have been doing um kind of like a decluttering challenge that we'll get into a little bit later. But let's um for those who haven't met you, Joanna, just remind everybody how old your kids are and where you live and all that good stuff. Awesome. My name is Joanna Martin. I am a mom of three kids. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and I'll have a four-year-old next month. Um, so they're about to stack up really nicely Mine in their just, ages. Just stacking up just as of right now for a few months. So yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, and I live in Dallas, Texas. So the North Dallas area. Um, do you think like as a general clutter person or stuff person, where would you put yourself 
just on like the scale from like super minimalist to like, nah, it doesn't bother me. My house just is full of stuff. Are you somewhere? I think of you as somewhere in the middle. I am. I, I was reading about this and like the minimalism versus maximalism. Mm -hmm. And I was reading an article a few weeks ago. I'll have to find it. That was about like being a cozy maximalist. So it's having just enough stuff to make you feel like homey and cozy, but you regularly go through things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I fall somewhere in the middle. How about you? I, I think I do also. And I think what makes me feel less anxious about stuff is if I know, if I can know and trust that it will get dealt with, you know, eventually, and that I know how to deal with it. Um, later in the episode, we'll, we'll get into like, some of the roadblocks of like when you actually don't know where to donate something or how to get rid of it, that feels stressful for me because then I feel like I'm accumulating and I, I can't see the end. But if I'm just living my busy life and my kids are accumulating stuff and we're kind of got piles in the garage, I, I'm okay. I can tolerate a certain amount of that with the knowledge that there will be like a big reset around the corner. And so, yeah, I think I am somewhere in the middle as well. I think in January, a lot of us aspire aspire to accumulate less though because there's so much stuff. A lot of us start channeling Marie Kondo and yeah. wanting her to just be our best friend yeah, <laughs> and get exactly. rid of everything for us. Exactly. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay. Well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. 
Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, so Joanna, I don't know a ton about what you've been doing. I've just picked up glimpses on Instagram stories, and I know a lot of people listening aren't even on Instagram. So tell us what you've been doing since the beginning of 2023, because it seems like you are like taking a very methodical approach to decluttering your home. Yeah, so I started doing kind of a home reset or like a January purge kind of thing. When I was pregnant with my third, so this would be 2019, um, we had been living in our house for almost a year, maybe like nine-ish months or so. I, w- I was literally about to give birth. So yeah, I guess it was okay. like nine months. <laughs> and I was following some people on Instagram, um, namely Catherine Whitaker. She's a mom of a lot of kids. I, th- I think she okay. has six kids. And she's one of my favorite people to follow because she. Um, She's just, she's super organized. So she's something I aspire to. And she's just really practical with her tips. And she was doing like a, you know, reset each room of your home and um, this challenge on Instagram that I joined with. And it was based off the book, Organized Simplicity. And so I kind of just started doing that. And it was really just like, channeling all my nesting energy into, okay, we're going to figure out, we've been living here for almost a year. Let's figure out where things go. We're about to have another baby. Right. Um, and then ever since then, I've kind of felt the same energy, like January, February, where I look at our house and I'm like, okay, it's time. We need to like reevaluate some things. We need to kind of reset some of the systems in our house. Almost yeah. Like we've all grown and changed over a year and it's time to change things up. So yeah. um, I've kind of taken that approach each year since of kind of going room by room or area by area. I kind of like divide up our house into zones. Okay. And um, then I list out my biggest problem areas, like the ones that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm actively avoiding this closet. Um, So maybe I should do that first. Um, So that's kind of my approach. It's, it's on the verge of methodical. (laughs) Okay. I have many, many follow-up questions, but when, um, since, since we're talking a lot today about the getting rid of stuff is, would you say that it's, is the focus on tidying? Is it on deep? like purging and getting rid of, or is it a more holistic, like you use the phrase, um, like reset our systems, which I, I love. And I feel like these things are all intertwined. Do you feel like the purging comes first? Like first you have to get rid of things you don't want, or is it all kind of overlapping? Yeah, I think the purging has to come first so you can see kind of what you're working with. Um, so it is, it's all kind of one, like big amalgam of like, We have to purge, we have to reset, we have to systemize kind of a thing. Um, and so, yeah, I I definitely think the purging has to come first. And it's just all a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are you going in with like a, an actual trash bag? Or are you doing kind of like here's a donate pile and a trash pile? And then follow up questions. Since you're you're doing this over a couple of months, you're not doing it all in one weekend. 
So are you making multiple trips to say like a donation center or I don't know, the, the dump or wherever you're going, like constantly over January and February, or are those bags like then my problem, like accumulating in the garage and just becoming like the next problem? Right. That has been my problem in yeah, the past. Yeah. And then I find that I've, I've tried to do all of this in like one month and I feel like okay. it's not enough time for me to actually like consider things. Um, and I burn out really fast. So I find that if I do it between January and February, kind of like end of February is kind of my goal time Mm -hmm. to be done. Um, then I feel like it's enough time to actually take time, you know, take some time off during all of it. Cause it's a, it's an emotional, um, process, but yeah, I've tried to do the whole, okay, I'm just going to put it in the back of my car. And then whenever I'm out and about, I'll, I'll take it or I'm going to put it in this one spot. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to do this huge, you know, really satisfying trip to Goodwill and a consignment store and a dump. And like, yeah, it just, uh, but then it doesn't happen. So this year I am going, if I purge a lot of stuff and I need to like, we live like right by a Goodwill uh, donation center. And so if I know I'm going to have a bag of stuff in the back of my car, I will go that day. Okay. That's Great. what I've been doing this year. And it seems to be working really well. Um, and then also scheduling when I'm going to go like sell stuff to the um, like kids consignment store uh-huh. or we have like a adult resale shop really close to us. And so if I'm going to go and make a trip to either of those places, I put it in my calendar or else it just it's mm-hmm. I, I know myself now to the point of I know it's not going to get done. Yeah. And then a few months down the line, I'm like, I need to purge what I purged. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And it sounds like I know you've lived in the same town for a long time and you've lived in this house for a few years now. It sounds like you do have your end destinations in mind for the stuff. And when we get Mm -hmm. into my problems that I'm two and a half years living in this house and I, I still feel like I don't quite have a handle on that. So as you purge, are you kind of like, okay, this is definitely the kids consignment store. This is Goodwill. Is that pretty natural and easy for you now? Now it is. It hasn't always been. And honestly, I feel like having kids kind of put that system in place because we do have a couple um, kids consignment that we have like a once upon a child. I don't know if that's like a national. I think it is. And we also had kid to kid in Phoenix, which I loved. Oh, I spent a lot of time at kid to kid in my And I feel like we have more once upon a child, but I, I know I've heard of kid to kid. We also have like big consignment sales that happen like a couple times a year. I am not that (laughs) organized or motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, The places that I go to, typically I just take the big bag. I let them sort through it, what they want to sell and what they want to donate. And then Mm -hmm. they donate it to somewhere else. Um, But I did that with my kids, like from when I had my first baby. Yeah. Because I had a friend tell me, they were like, oh, you're going to have so many kid clothes. You need to like go through them and Mm -hmm. sort them out. And then sell them. Um, I didn't know that was even an option for adult clothes until I think a few years or it was probably like 2018, 2019. And, um, I started doing thread up and I would get the bag because it was so nice because you could just fill up the bag and put it on your doorstep and the mail guy would pick it up. Um, and now we have like a, a local store called Uptown Cheapskate and I just sell, they, they buy men's and women's, which is really nice. So Okay. Just take all of our stuff there. My wheels are already turning. I actually love to (laughs) shop on ThreadUp for both myself Mm -hmm. and for Violet, my little 
fashionista 10 year old. Um, so I have never consigned to them, but that's really motivating to me. So I'm taking notes over here. That's awesome. Like I really liked doing thread up. I, I will say that they tend to get around this time of year, they'll put on their app or their website. Um, like we don't have any bags right now because they're so full Got of it. people purging their closets. Yeah. Um, but like in the summer, it's like yeah. a great time to send stuff in. Okay. That's a good reminder. Um, okay. And then my, my last question is just cause you kind of described this overall method, but we're recording this, you know, toward the end of January. So any standouts so far of rooms that you've actually purged already and anything you're sort of like itching to get to, like, where are you really this year? Yeah. Honestly, you're catching me on kind of an off week because I feel like I got real low energy this week where I was like, okay, why we can just live amongst all this stuff. We don't have to actually go just kidding. It. Just kidding. It, reset. It takes too much energy. Um, but I did. I started with, like I said, I wrote down my pain points and they were our playroom, uh-huh. um, my closet okay. and the kids rooms. And like, we have like, I have like a Monica closet right now that is like, it's everything and it's scary to open. Yeah. Um, and so those were like the big pain points, the biggest one being our playroom. I, I truly like, I actively avoided that room mm-hmm. all of our winter break. Yeah. Um, aside from when my in-laws came to stay with us and I like set it up as their guest room, I closed the doors and I let yeah. the children take over. Yeah. Um, so I did that last week or a week and a half ago. And I I don't know if that just took a lot of the energy out of me, mm-hmm. but um, it was a huge amount of purging stuff. And yeah. honestly, like just kind of reimagining the space because my kids are getting older and yeah. there isn't, there wasn't a need for, you know, a big bin of Duplo blocks. They needed yeah. like a place to build Legos and their toys keep getting tinier. So I need a different storage. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is how it goes. As you were talking, I was just remembering I've lived in a few houses since having kids and in each there have been areas that I avoid and that not just like in a, it's a yucky feeling to have. And I think it's so normal. We probably make ourselves feel worse about it than we need to, but I don't like that feeling of having an entire area of my home that is so bad. I'm actually avoiding being in there, but it's also just, that's how, it, that's how it works. So. Yeah. Right. And I, I saw my kids were kind of avoiding it too. Yeah. Cause I think they were overwhelmed with it by the end of the break. Um, yeah. and our playroom is we have, our house is like a circle and our playroom is on the other side of the house. And it's kind of a through way. There's like two okay. doors on either side. And so you have to kind of, you have to go through it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just noticed we were all closing the doors and I was yeah. like, that is a big chunk of our house that we are yeah. not using. Like we yeah. need to actively get this under control. Yes. Yes. Well, that, that feels like a big accomplishment. So maybe you just needed a little, um, a little pause and maybe this episode recording this episode will put you back in the mood. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, listeners can follow along too, because you've been sharing a lot on your Instagram. So we'll link up where to find you, um, in the show notes and just keep cheering you on. Um, <laughs> so Here's here's a recent uh, getting rid of stuff experience for us that's very different from yours um, with a little background. So we moved into our house two and a half years ago and my kids at the time of moving in were seven, 
10 and 12. So by the time we did this move, we were really free from a lot of the little kid stuff that you're talking about with, you know, with some exceptions. We still have Lego. We still have American Girl. Like it's not that we got rid of all of it, but there's it's amazing the amount of plastic you will shed when your youngest kid is like between five and seven in the you know, it's just it kind of like falls away. So the the Mm -hmm. good news is we moved into this house solidly in big kid stage. Um, And most of our acquisition of stuff really has been more um, like furnishing the house or storage solutions, things like that. So we're kind of out of the like tiny toys phase. Um, But I just noticed that we were using our garage more and more and more for just like what felt like a staging area. And it was like stuff that I didn't I didn't know where it was going to go back to my point about like knowing where your goodwill Mm -hmm. drop off is. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a problem in this area um, where furniture is uh, secondhand furniture or furniture you are passing on that's still usable is kind of hard to get rid of. We don't have a pickup service. We don't have a drop off service that will take furniture. So you have Mm. to do Facebook marketplace or like a buy nothing. And I have I've done that, but it was getting the best of me because that's also time consuming. So I got uh, served an Instagram ad for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And then I asked in one of our subscriber group chats if anyone had used it. And one of our longtime listeners, um, who's also a California mom, um, said that she'd had a good experience. And then I started seeing TV commercials. It was like the algorithm the algorithm my was number. just zeroing and in on you. the number was 1-800-GOT-JUNK. <laughs> um, so we did it. And if you're not familiar, and I'll give a very honest review here because it's not, it wasn't a perfect experience, but it was pretty good. And I'm not sure I would do it again. And they're not, they're neither paying me nor do I have a bone to pick. It's like neutral. So I'll just tell you what I thought. Um, Is this like a dumpster, sir? Like, do they bring so you a dumpster? They bring it, they bring a truck. So here's the part that will suck you in. And this is where Lindsay, our listener, said it was so great. And where I was like, yep, this is what we need to do. They take, they take everything you want them to take, whether it is refuse, like true, like large um, trash or something to donate. And th- it's their problem to figure out how, like how to trash dispose of safely dispose of and donate your stuff. And that was very attractive to me because we had accumulated some furniture pieces that we weren't using that were too big. I literally could not transport them. I didn't know what to do with them. Plus we had some construction material. Brian built garden beds last year. So we had like wood and like AstroTurf and like things that fell into weird categories, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, disposable construction materials. That's not going to goodwill. I don't have a car to get it to the dump. So the convenience of being able to get one company out and to take all of those categories was very attractive to me. And that, that is the, the main benefit. Um, another pro to doing this was they, I, I didn't know if they'd be able to get to my area quickly. Cause I don't live in a major metropolitan hub. I don't really even live in suburbia. I live like on the edge of a sort of small city. Um, and I could schedule them like same day or the next day. So I don't know how they have a network. It's like a national, I think they're in Canada too. Um, so magically you can schedule them really fast. They are really responsive and I had really good experience like with the actual um ha- junk Holloway individuals themselves. They were great. <laughs> you their their TV commercials if you see them are they like highlight the fact that you don't even have to consolidate all your stuff and say drag it out to the end of your driveway or the curb or your garage. They'll come and then you just walk around and point 
and say, take that, take that, take that. So this is like, this is really magical. That's magical. It's magical. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you a few of the things that I didn't feel great about and, and why I might, I might uh, aspire to not need to do this again. Um, it's very expensive and like hundreds of dollars. We had a lot of stuff and we filled up a whole truck, but I think you have to think of it. Like if you've ever used professional movers, um, mm-hmm. where you're getting into hundreds of dollars or thousands, if you have like, you know, big trucks, multiple trucks, you have to think of it like that. And I think you have to ask yourself, like, is that the nature of my junk situation? Because I found myself being like, Brian, we could have made a thousand dollars instead of spent a thousand dollars. Like it's a, it's a financial chunk of change that is not to be taken lightly. And I've heard that from other people too. So, um, this is, this all goes into this emotional side of like, what is the cost to having all this extra stuff? And what is the, the freedom of mind of taking it away? In this case, it was worth it to us. Um, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure we could have dealt with some of these items ourselves and to have it be such like a convenient solution, but I would not want to do this like once a year, I would want this to be like, if you were moving houses or like, you know, a major life transition, if you're moving, that would be such a good thing to use or exactly. do, especially if you're moving like downsizing upside, like, you know, yes. you're not going to bring a bunch of your furniture with you. Like that'd be really, really exactly. nice. And then in that case, you're really paying for professional movers and the, the prices line up much more along those lines, like professional movers, um, than like a junk hauling service. So that's one mm-hmm. downside. It's expensive. The other thing I found, I was very seduced by the fact that they say, if it's trash, we'll find a way to trash it. If it, if it can be donated, we'll donate it. And I had such like, uh, that made me feel so much better in like the guilt, you know, making my own guilt go away. Um, but when Brian started to like, ask them how they decide what to donate and where they donate, what they told him was that they have the same challenges of whatever your local donation situation is as we do. So if my local alpha thrift donation, which is like our goodwill doesn't take large furniture items, they're not going to be able They're all they're doing is driving it to the local donation center, which again, I could have done if I could lift a dresser into the back of my minivan. So that made me feel yucky and sad inside. It was too late by that point, but I have a feeling some things ended up in a landfill that I would not have wanted to end up in a landfill. So I'm trying to be really honest. Like I'm I'm not going to beat myself up for the fact that we did this, but I'm just, I have aspirations to not need to do it this way again, because I think they did donate some of our things, but I think I went in thinking they would magically have a way to donate. We had like a dresser that was all three of our kids, like changing table dressers It was beat up. Like it was scratched and stuff, but it was a very usable dresser, but it was a very heavy piece of furniture. It didn't, it didn't disassemble And it just sat in our garage for the longest time. And the thought of that being in a landfill makes me feel really yucky. And I think it might be. So that was a learning thing. And then finally, (laughs) in terms of the downside, this was not their fault, but we had a literal like act of God weather event that um, extended our junk hauling experience. It was supposed to be like they come out. What it's supposed to happen is they come out and take your stuff away the exact same day. That's like ideal. They came out and they said, we actually need a bigger truck for your situation. So they were going to come back the next day. And I think that's that can happen depending on like how full their truck is and stuff. We were like, okay, that's a little disappointing, but we'll see you tomorrow. And then the tomorrow was the rainstorm that like evacuated us. What was it called? 
An atmospheric uh, river? Yes. It was a series of atmospheric rivers, but that was the the really big one. And um, my family and my house and my property is fine, but we did have to evacuate. And that was the day they were like calling me as I was trying to like pack up my things. I was like, I don't think you guys are coming today. Nice of you to offer to try. They're like we're calling to confirm our pickup. I was like, no, you should get to a safe location. Um, you too should be evacuating. You too. They were probably like not right in the immediate area, but um, so then we had to push back and it took a little bit of rescheduling, but that, that is not their fault. So that is, that was a lot on the junk hauling experience. I don't know. I'm happy to elaborate if you have any questions. I mean, I guess I can totally see why you did it. Um, it, it takes so much of that mental, the mental strain of doing all of this, like the purging and reorganizing and giving things away of, you know, it's, it's a lot physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally. And to have a service come in and say, oh, we're going to basically take that load off of you yes. mm-hmm. is so enticing. But yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from looking at it and going, well, wait, you're not really, I guess in a way they still are taking the mental load off, but yeah, they're, they're really not like they're, they're just taking ownership of it. Yes. You're, you're signing it off. <laughs> I am signing it off. And I think um, it made me, well, this is what we're going to get into, which is like the more emotional, the feelings we have about getting rid of stuff. And I think for me, a lot of the feelings it brought up were, I wish I didn't have this much junk to need to call 1-800-GOT-JUNK in the first place. So how about for you? Yeah. Like what, as you have gone through this um, home reset this year, are there any like feels that are coming up for you on the emotion side? Or are you like feeling like you're learning anything or enlightened in any way? I think a little bit of both, but I felt that before. Honestly, as I've been doing this and as we were preparing for this episode, I had the thought of it would be really interesting to like journal, spend some dedicated time journaling about it after, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't think you're ever really done reevaluating things in your home, Yeah. but after getting through like a big purge like this and just thinking, what did I get out of it from this year? Um, Because I know it's been different every single year. And First of all, this year is the first year that I've gone into it thinking we have too much stuff. We need to get rid of a lot of stuff. Um, And so I feel like I've come at this whole purge with like a little bit more like ruthlessness of Mm -hmm. like, we don't need it. We haven't used it. Like it's, it's fine. Um, And then I've also on the opposite end, I feel like especially going through my playroom. And maybe this is why I've hit a lull this week. Um, It was really emotional going through a lot of the baby things that were kind of, they were in our, we have a closet in our playroom that um, we tend to, it tends to be like the toy purgatory Mm -hmm. kind of place where like, okay, we're just going to put it there. And if we don't touch it in six months, it's going to go. Yeah. Um, And I had a bunch of more babyish stuff that Anthony, my youngest was kind of growing out of. And it wasn't stuff that I really wanted to save or um, was super sentimental, but I'm like, Oh, that's sad. And we're not entirely sure if we're done having kids. Um, you know, we, we aren't planning on it, but me and my husband both like to say, we're not planning on it, but like yeah. never say never um, until, until that is never. Yeah. Um, and so just looking at all that stuff, it's like, Oh, I don't know. It, it puts you in that mindset of like, well, should I keep this for another baby yeah. or should I, you know, just give it away and let somebody else enjoy it right now? Cause I don't know if that's something I'm going to 
do. Um, It's a lot of mental load. Um, But then again, it it flip flops into, but it feels really good to get rid of it. (laughs) Like, Like I'm not hanging on to every single little Fisher price thing that I could just get at the store again if I needed it someday. Yes. Yeah. I I think that's a really common experience and especially around the, like, not sure what the future sides of your family will be. Um, so Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing. I think for me, um, like I said, when we moved into this house, the, our last move kind of put the nail, the last nail in a lot of that kind of small plastic purging. Mm -hmm. So for me, this most recent junk hauling experience really renewed my desire to bring things in more intentionally. And by things, I'm not talking necessarily about kid toys. I'm talking about I have a bad habit for like seeing a corner of my home that say, let's, I want to do something a little different with organization here or with decor here. And I will like go on a, I don't know if there's a name, you know, fast fashion. What's the furniture equivalent of fast fashion? It's like press board, affordable press board furniture coming from a mega retailer that can be on your door that you put together in, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be here tomorrow. And I am a little guilty of like kind of acting on those urges and ending up with like a little side table or a mirror or, uh, you know, things that like don't fit mm-hmm. in a regular trash can, things that are large enough to take up space. And then within a few years, two, three, four years, maybe I don't like that anymore. Maybe that room has changed. Now, I some of this is is inevitable, but the junk hauling experience really made me feel not great about sending that kind of stuff to a landfill if I can help it. So there's two sides to that, right? One is I could right. be better about making sure that stuff gets a new home by putting it on a buy nothing group or selling it on Facebook marketplace. Cause I have done that before and it's great. People are excited to get that. And so that's one piece. It stays out of the landfill. And then the other piece is making sure that I'm buying secondhand or buying things I really, really love. And that might be with me for 20 years and not two. So all that to say not to beat myself up, but, um, it definitely, I felt kind of gross. So the emotion was the grossness of thinking of adding to landfill and then a renewed kind of commitment um, for going forward. And that's, I think, hopefully it's one of those feelings that one of those situations where guilt can actually inspire you to do better next time. That's kind of how I'm yeah. feeling about it. Um, and then also my town just needs to get it together with furniture <laughs> donation. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think a lot of local people listen to this, but I've just lived in other places where you could make a phone call and they'd come get a dresser or a couch or uh, it's just can't be that hard. So I'm not sure what's happening there. I'm trying to think what's around. Uh, so we haven't donated a ton of furniture, although I do have um, some drawers that I just pulled out of our playroom that were not serving us and they were just becoming a pit of despair. Um, and they're in the hallway by my kid's room right now. And I'm trying to get them on, I'm, I'm texting some friends and I'm going to put them on our buy nothing group if nobody wants them. Cause I know most furniture that I've had to give away has gone to our buy nothing group or, yeah. or like my neighborhood Facebook garage yeah. sale group. Um, we live really close to a college. And so yeah. most of the time it's like, 
oh, my kids, my, my kids redoing their dorm room or they're yeah. moving into an apartment. And so there is no shortage of like just the social media side yeah. of getting rid of stuff. Um, but I've never even thought about that. I guess I assumed like maybe Goodwill would take it. I, yeah, Goodwill, I definitely... Goodwill is my magic place that I just, they take the things. And yeah, I'm best well, friends with our Goodwill, Goodwill, night. Goodwill now guy. So I'm like, he, he sees me roll up every other day and he's like, oh, you're back. Hello, me again, sir. Yeah. Hello again. Um, I think lots of Goodwill, Salvation Army, whatever you have near you, lots of those do take furniture. I think ours is cramped for space and then the pandemic affected it. I mean, mm-hmm. I have looked at furniture at some secondhand stores, so I know it exists. I just haven't cracked the code. So, yeah. Anyway. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay, Sarah. So, um, what are the roadblocks getting the most in the way of you getting rid of stuff right now? Well, it's funny because I feel like all I've done is talk about is complain on this episode of things that have made it difficult. Um, but I think 
One of the biggest ones is a mindset issue. And I, this is the most Enneagram oneness that comes out in me, but I can get very hung up on the quote unquote right way to get rid of things. So Mm. if it's kids clothes, I think who would really love this jumper? This is such a cute little dress. Like which of my friends has a daughter that age and I stop myself. I'm like, stop. If you Mm -hmm. do that, you're going to be here all day. So you know, with clothes, it might be who who would be the best recipient for these hand-me-downs. But then there's also like big, like capital S supposed to do like things like recycling electronics the right way because you're not supposed to throw them away because it could be like a hazard and like what to do right. with an old car seat because that could be unsafe. And like all of the things of like, here's how to properly dispose of blank. Someone with my personality can get really like stuck in doing the right thing. And as we all know, that can just slow you down and kind of like Mm -hmm. make the process. It's not only like, it's already not super fun, but like take all the fun out of, of the part where you just get to declutter and lighten your load and just become kind of a, um, yeah, a a stuck place. So that's a big one for me. Um, another one for me has been kind of vacillating between two extremes. One extreme being putting it off for a long time. Like maybe I put a black garbage bag in the garage, but don't do the next thing with it. Or maybe I let stuff accumulate in the kids' closets or under their beds. But then the other extreme is like wanting a quick fix immediately, like mm-hmm. calling 1-800-GOT-JUNK or deciding to tell Brian like, okay, we're going to do a big purge. And then like, I almost burn out my own energy because I want it all gone right now. So I right. have not been very good, especially in this house with having a more methodical approach, like what you've described, because I'm doing either of those two extremes. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, with our move to this house, I've just had some logistical obstacles compared to when I was living in Orange County, we had um, an easy way to schedule a pickup that would be like a week or two out. And that was a great way to constantly be, you know, like purging a good amount of stuff, but not like Mm -hmm. everything in my house. Um, And I just, like I said, I have not found my systems up here. And so that has also been an obstacle. So how about you? What's, what gets in the way for you? So it's funny that you said your Enneagram oneness gets in the way because as, as you were saying that I was thinking, it's interesting. I don't always have to, or I don't always have the mindset of, oh, I have to do this the right way, but I'm, I'm an Enneagram three. And so mine is always, I want this to be the best it could possibly be. So I think similar outcomes. Yeah. yeah ones and that. threes, I think can have a similar energy there. Yeah. Right. Right. And so like, I love posting a, a terrible before picture and a really satisfying after picture. Cause I, I feel it. like it's yeah. really satisfying to me. Cause I'm like, look at all that work I did and look uh-huh. at how great it is. Um, but, and then like, you know, with our playroom, I was like, I really want this to be an inviting space for my kids. I want this to be the best possible play space for them right now at this stage of life. But then I think I can get so caught up. And then next thing you know, they need something totally different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it was funny you saying that. Cause I was like, wait a second. I think I also get stuck on the yeah. same things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me really, I mentioned this earlier, but so much, especially the toys or like kids clothes thinking like, I might need this later. Or what if I, what if I do need it? What if I don't need it? Um, and that can come along with like furniture or, um, you know, things in the kitchen or, 
um, stuff like that too, not just kid stuff, but thinking like, oh, I could use this, you know, down the line. Or what if yeah. one day I open up my closet and I'm like, oh, where was that right. red shirt that I really <laughs> wanted that I got rid of? Yeah. Um, but really thinking like, if I didn't, if I don't need it, I don't need it. Um, yeah. And then I think sometimes I can get into this like scarcity mindset, which, um, you know, I grew up in a interesting situation and I feel like some of the childhood, um, baggage that you can carry into adulthood. I feel like that can kind of come along with some of this stuff because it is so emotional. Um, so I think that sometimes I'm like, well, no, I'm going to hang on to it because does what it, if it all goes it, away? Yeah. So it helps you feel safe somehow. Like right. It's a, right. Yeah. 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 And then it's funny because I was thinking about sentimentality, but then I, when it comes to my kids stuff, I'm super sentimental. But when it comes to like my stuff, I'm not as sentimental, but my husband is super sentimental. I mean, he has like ticket stubs from high school Aww. in a box on his bookshelf that I'm like, we could get rid of that. <laughs> we could, we could get rid of that. Or I was actually going through his closet today. Um, just pulling stuff out that I'm like, you haven't worn this in years, or this is a shirt from high school that I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you still have it. Um, and I've kind of made piles for him, but I know that's going to be hard for him because he just, everything is attached to a meaning. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, somebody else could wear that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I can be ruthlessly pretty practical about stuff too. And then there's always exceptions. I'm right now I'm recording in my bedroom. I always sit on my bed and in the corner of our bedroom is the rocking chair glider that all of my babies were rocked in mm. and nursed. Ours looks more like a regular armchair kind of, it doesn't mm -hmm. look like a baby glider, but it is. I mean, it was from a baby furniture store and that did not even cross my mind to have the John collars take away that chair because that is like, so I, it's like I'm 99% ruthlessly practical and then the 1% hardcore sentimental. And everyone has mm -hmm. their own kind of balance, I'm sure. Right. And I mean, I do have some things that I'm like, oh, I don't think I can get rid of that. Or, you know, just like, I don't know. I, there's a picture in Anthony's room that um, his nursery was uh, Hobbit themed. And it says all is well in the Shire. And it, it I mean, it. It wasn't like custom made. It wasn't yeah. like anything crazy. It was like a print from Etsy. Yeah. But I looked at that print for yes. a year and a half while I nursed him. And I was yeah. like, I kind of want to put that somewhere else in my house when he's over it. Yes. Um, but it's stuff like that that I'm like, why am I sentimental about that? But not, you know, other things. So yeah. it's always interesting. Um, so what are some of the things that have worked well for you in the past? Like tips, tricks? Yeah. Um, resources. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a couple come to mind the, when I mentioned in our previous location that I had a good system, it was through a organization called pickupplease.org and they are available in lots of cities, just not where I live now. Um, and it's not just the resource itself, but also my system around it is that I would go on their website and I would schedule a pickup. And now this is a donation organization. Um, so it's a, not a junk hauling or trash, but donation, but they would okay. take small furniture, small appliances, clothes, toys, books. They, they really took everything with the exception of like large flat screen TV. They had a few things mm -hmm. they wouldn't take, but really almost everything. So my system was, I would schedule a pickup and usually the availability would be that it would be like 
a week or 10 days or two weeks out. But that was actually good for me. Um, you, I would have to tell them, you'd have to say how many bags or boxes will it be and where do you plan to leave it? And so I would have to check. I'm going to, it's going to be like four to 10 bags or boxes at the end of my driveway on February 18th. And then that went in my calendar and it was set, which was such a good motivator and deadline. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'd even text my neighbors cause I'd be like, Hey, we're going to be putting out, you know, a pickup. And so sometimes neighbors would add to it. So it was helpful for them too. Um, and they were always flexible about the amount when you, when you checked the box for how much it was mostly to give them an idea of like how, how big a truck or whatever. So right. it, it was always flexible enough that I didn't feel bad if I didn't like maximize it, but I also didn't like over, I wasn't going to go over. Um, and so then that morning would be on our calendar and Brian and I would haul a bunch of bags out to the end of the driveway. I would use the black trash bags so that my children could not see. We're going to get into that in just a minute. <laughs> That's but, key. Yep. So, and if there were some things being given away that I thought might be um, upsetting to my children, I would even like wait till they were off at school and then I would add them to the pile mm -hmm. quickly before the pickup people got there. So that was a great system for me for a long time. Um, I guess you could manufacture that by kind of giving yourself the deadline and say, okay, we're going to Goodwill on this day and kind of working backwards. It was that right. week to two week deadline that I found really motivating because every time I was walking around my house in that window, in that two week period, I had that mindset. And, and then it was so satisfying to kind of have it done. And I probably did that once a quarter. Um, you know, maybe more during certain seasons of life and less during others, but that worked well. Um, another thing that worked well is having a small bin or basket in our bedroom, um, Brian in my bedroom, and then at least one of the kids' rooms. And it's usually like a laundry basket or like a laundry basket sized receptacle that mm -hmm. I toss anything in at any time. So I don't think of it as like, I'm going to purge and fill this. I, it just sits at the bottom of my closet. And as I encounter things, so if I'm folding laundry, the kids laundry, and there's a shirt that's really stained or ripped or that like, you know, this is way too small. How did she get out of the house wearing this? The next time <laughs> it, it comes through the laundry, I just put it instead of putting it away. I just put it in that basket. Um, and I also put, I might put books in there, um, or toys or anything that's going to be donated. And it doesn't, those don't fill up as fast as they used to in my season of life, but they used to fill up pretty fast. And, um, I would usually do that in one of the, usually the youngest kid who was really like growing fast and aging out of mm -hmm. little clothes. It was just, it was just a bin at the bottom of their closet. And then it, it's later when I'm doing a more like intentional purge that I would then go through that. And sometimes I would back to my Enneagram oneness. Sometimes I would then think, okay, there's some things in here that I'm going to put in a bag and send down the street to the neighbor whose little boy mm -hmm. is a few years younger. So I, I would eventually go through it, but it's having that, um, no obstacle between the thought of, I should donate this and where to put it. It's like, you don't want right. anything in the middle there because as we've discussed, there are so many things that can like get in your way. So just having the receptacle in the handy closet was super helpful, especially during those years. So how yeah, about you? It's like having the built-in transition space. Yeah. For, the purgatory. You know, yeah. this is on the way out. Uh -huh. Like it will be gone. Yes. Um, I need to do that with my, I have, I have something similar to that in my kids' closets, especially when it comes to like borrowing clothes from people. I'll put them in like a little basket off to the side mm -hmm. or if, you know, somebody's growing out of something else and it can't be passed on. Um, 
I'll put it in that. But I've never thought about doing that in my closet. I actually like the one. A lot of sense. Yeah, I like (laughs) the one in our room even more because I, well, first of all, I fold laundry in here. And a lot of times when I decide something is going to be donated, it's because it got worn and it came through and I saw it on that child and I was like, no, this is not, it's too small or that's too ripped or whatever. So that has worked, but also they don't then get it out of the bin from their closet and start wearing it, which as my kids got older would definitely start to happen. They're like shopping from their own goodwill pile. So um, I'll I'll even put their stuff in the one in my closet just because it's a little more out of sight, out of sight, out of mind for them. Yeah, that is that is a good tip because the ones in their closets are often pilfered um, and, you know, rummage through. And then you see somebody wearing something that is like they're eight and they're wearing something that's five T you're like, not appropriate. Um, How about you? What's worked well for you? So I mentioned earlier that I, I'm kind of like a organization junkie when it comes to like the books and following people online mm-hmm. and, you know, just gathering the information. I think it's, an, it builds a lot of inspiration for me yeah. um, and builds up that energy to do it. And so I, um, like I said, I started in 2019 by reading um, the book, Organized Simplicity um, by, oh, Tish by Tish Oxenreiter. Yeah. yeah. When you yeah. mentioned the title and, earlier, it sounded familiar, but I forgot that that was a Tish book. Yeah. Right. And so that's what Catherine Whitaker, when I was following her, everything that she was posting was based off that book. And she was basically putting it into practice. Um, you know, okay, well, she wrote about this in this chapter. So that's what we're going to do today. And I liked that book a lot because it wasn't just, you're going to get rid of stuff. Like if you don't like it anymore, if it's not serving you, you're going to get rid of it. It was basically like, how is our family living Mm -hmm. and how are we going to, you know, make our stuff work with, how we want to live our lives. Um, and so I really liked that. And then I, um, you know, I've read like Emily lay has a book that I'm totally blanking on the title, but she has like an, an organized life Mm -hmm. kind of book, um, which was good, but it was more like life based of, you know, how to like implement routines and systems into your own life. Um, not necessarily about getting rid of things. Okay. And, um, then, I mean, I've read Marie Kondo. Um, yeah. I, I do and I do not agree with a lot of her stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, It'll, it for I think sure just, will make you think. Like, right. if, if nothing else, it will get your wheels turning. That's how I yes. found it. Well, yeah. and I felt like when I read it, I wasn't in like a ruthless. Maybe I should reread it because now that I'm like, nope, we just need to get rid of yeah. it. It is not working. We need to get, maybe I need to reread it because that's kind of her mentality for a lot of things. Yeah. Um. And also, she has yeah. kids now, not to interrupt, but when I read no, her book, she did not I didn't have realize kids. That. Yes, she oh. does. And my first thought, I had it like my kids were probably your kids' ages when I read that mm-hmm. book. And I was just like, okay, but this lady does not have a house with children living in it, let alone right. like three children. So um, I think she has a couple kids now. So anyway, oh, um, yeah, it's worth it's It's also a quick read. So if anybody has yeah. actively avoided it and has been curious, it's so easy mm-hmm. to find out on your local library or whatever. I think it, even if it inspires you because you're like, no, I don't want to do it her way. I think it will definitely make you think about stuff. And it definitely and makes you clutter. look at stuff differently in your house Agreed. where you're like, why do I own that? Or why did I buy that? Yeah. 
Um, it definitely made me look at things differently, like, you know, just going to Target and mm-hmm. looking at the like end cap of random sales stuff and being yep. like, I do not need that. <laughs> or yeah. could I spend my money better, you know, on something else that would last longer? So she, it's, it's, you know, all with a big grain of salt and take what you need and leave the rest. Um, my favorite right now is Kate from Naptime Kitchen. Um, she, one, she's just one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She's just a super positive person. And, um, she comes it's kind of like Catherine Whitaker. She's super practical with the things that she shares, but she came out with an audio course and written course. Um, I think it was last year that she like made it an actual course that you could buy called the home reset. And once you buy it, you have it forever. So if she ever updates it, she sends you updates. Um, I feel like I'm like, selling this, but I, I really, it's something that I have got a lot of worth out of. And I feel like it was a big bang for my buck when I, um, when I bought it. But what I liked about it is that she gives you checklists to print off it. Um, and then it is paired with an audio, like a really short audio clip. Um, like it's kind of like a mini podcast kind of thing. I would say the longest one is probably like 20 minutes. Um, but it's kind of like you if you know you're going to clean out your closets today, just like listen to her little audio yeah, clip on talk. closets. Yeah. And it it's like a pep talk. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then, you know, her checklists. I could take them or leave them because uh-huh. I feel like everybody's so individual on what they get rid of or how they clean stuff. But then like she has checklists like for your kitchen where it's like, no, everybody needs to wipe down their their fridge yeah. and everybody needs to kind of go through certain things the same way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've just, I've found so much goodness in what she offers through that. Um, and then as I think she does her home reset like twice a year. Okay. Um, I know she does it in January because usually I'm like watching her stories and her tips. Um, and then I want to say she does it either. I think at the beginning of the school year, maybe the end of the school year. I'm not sure. Okay. She does it at one of those big points too. Um, and it's smaller. And it's not as intensive, but it's still like another point in the year that you kind of get that reset energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she is somebody that I love following her for her tips and her practicality. Um, as far as things working in my own home, like, you know, you talked about getting rid of furniture and pickups yeah. and drop offs. I definitely have kind of gotten my system for you know, I have my goodwill guy, um, that I see regularly. And then, um, our church does a, I think it's called good neighbor Sunday. And it's, I don't know which donation center it goes through, but you just bring your stuff to the church and drop it there and they take it for you. Um, we have our consignment stores and then honestly, I've been using my buy nothing group a lot this year. Um, I, I find that people in the buy nothing community do not mess around with the, with claiming things. They're also super prompt on picking things up Uh versus sometimes Facebook marketplace. I feel like people linger a little. I think that's why I, I, I was, did it a lot in the first like year that we lived in this house. I both bought Mm -hmm. and sold. And then I just think it was time consuming. 
and kind right. of a, it was it its own kind of mental drain. I also don't use Facebook personally. I only use Facebook for the Mom Hour listener community, which is a great yeah. group. Um, so then it's like one more thing I have to go to Facebook for. And like I had to have the app on my phone so I could get the, the messenger messages. And like all of that goes against like kind of my personal technology values. I don't mean that like right. in a hoity-toity way. I just mean like it just it was like feeling like it was not fitting with my life, but you're right. It is buy nothing is is its own there's its own subculture around buy nothing and I'm right. remotivated to use it. Yeah, but I mean if you're trying to avoid the the social media side of things and that that adds like a whole other mental load on yeah. there that you're you're already loaded down by getting right. rid of stuff. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. My my buy nothing community has kind of reinvigorated my hope in <laughs> exchanging goods online. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I feel like everybody's very positive, or people will tag people if you know you say, "Oh, I need this," and they're like, "Oh no, I don't," but I just saw this person that needed oh, it. Oh yeah, um, that's great. That is a truly like a community. Yeah. 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 And then I know that they've done some like you know, if the high school's doing like a big fundraiser, people will be like, Hey, if you have something you want to give, bring it to this so they can earn mm-hmm. money on it. And so it's, it's a really good, um, active, positive place on the internet. So that is great. That's great. Yeah. So in terms of getting rid of stuff, how are your kids? We've talked about us, but we yeah. haven't really talked about them. So I, I am looking for wisdom here because I have a hard time convincing my children to give things away. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you have any wisdom yeah. you want to impart on I me. <laughs> mean, we have gotten this question actually on the podcast so many times, especially because today you and I are talking about like a big getting rid of bigger stuff like clothes and toys. But there's also just even artwork like people have written to us and be like, my kid doesn't even want to throw out like the goodie mm-hmm. bag they got at a birthday party last weekend. And it's like trash. So, OK, right. I do have a lot of experience with this. And my middle child has the still he's 12 and a half has the hardest time with this, but none of my kids love it. Um, and yet as they've grown, I think this is a long game. The, the short answer mm-hmm. is that this is a long game skill set to model for your kids and to teach your kids. You are not going to convince a six year old or an eight year old or even a 10 or 11 year old who is telling you that this piece of plastic is important to them. You're not going to rationalize with them to say, well, but you just had your birthday and we got a bunch of new toys. So we're going to have to get rid of some. You can try, but it's such an stuff is, is so emotional. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how emotional we get about our stuff. We talked about like the sentimentality and the the timing. Sometimes stuff is overwhelming, but sometimes it's mm-hmm. part of your safety and your security. Like you even brought that up from your childhood. So mm-hmm. I was thinking of this example. Like if I took your phone, Joanna, and I was like, hey, I'm really good at managing digital clutter. I'm just going to clean up your phone for you. You'd probably be like, oh my well, gosh, okay, I could clean up my phone, but I'm not sure like, I don't want to just hand it to you. And if I were like, oh, no, 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 I got it. I'm I'm really good at this, Joanna. So I'm just going to go through your photos. I'll delete 60% of them. I'll just keep the good ones. Don't worry. I'm going to get rid of some apps that I think are using up too much space. And you've oh got a gosh. lot of unread mail. So I'm just going to delete that. Like this you like would making have a panic. Me itchy. <laughs> yes, you're having a panic response because I'm paying no attention to actually how you use your phone, what on there is important to you. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, that is like how our kids feel when we march into their room with a bin and we're like, we know what they're not playing with anymore. And that's the part I've struggled with. Like I've tried to say to a kid, I know that you're not dressing up Barbies anymore because I have not seen you dress Barbies in a year and a half. It mm-hmm. just, that is not, it's like coming at it from, that is not where they are developmentally, emotionally. So the, that's the bad news. The bad news is it's very hard to reason with a kid who doesn't want to get rid of stuff. I, what I have found works is I do a lot of room resets with my kids. They don't love it. And I don't call it cleaning their room. It's more like, we're just going to kind of do a reset. And, um, I, we talk about it as we go. I, I can kind of gently nudge them a little bit in the direction of being able to part with things each time. So that might look like for a kid who's really attached to stuff that might in the beginning look like, okay, Let's go through and identify actual trash in this room, like actual mm-hmm. garbage, granola bar wrappers, crumpled up pieces of paper. Can can you help me fill a bag with things that y- even you will admit is garbage? Believe it or not, that is that is like a challenge for some kids. It, uh, some kids will swear up and down oh, yeah. that a broken pencil is not garbage. That's actually like their favorite broken pencil. So if you can get <laughs> them to help with trash, that's a little step. Um, another thing I've done is help them have them help me um, put a bag or bin together of things that don't need to be in their room anymore. My kids have pretty small bedrooms, so I'll say I'm not getting rid of this, but let's agree that this, you know, this set of whatever it is um, maybe doesn't need to live in your room anymore. So I'll find a place for it in the house. Now, is that just mm-hmm. delaying the inevitable? Maybe, but it might help that kid realize you're sort of training them to think, do I need this? Am I using this regularly? Would my room be better if I had a little more space for something else? So you're just like very gradually holding their hand through this process. Um, And then you're modeling. Like my kids are very involved when we are deciding. They've actually helped me list stuff for sale on Facebook Marketplace. They've been with me when we drop off hand-me-downs to somebody who's going to really appreciate them. You're Mm -hmm. modeling um, the relationship with stuff that you, I mean, ideally want to have, I mean, I think you and I both in this episode, like our own relationship with stuff is complicated, but you're modeling mm-hmm. as best you can. And then they, they will get there. They really will. But it's just, it's, it's just not easy. I know, um, a lot of people yeah. give the tip of having like, here's a bin, you can put whatever you want in it when it's full, you have to go through and get rid of some stuff. Um, I've never done that exactly, but I do, I have made use of under bed plastic like sterilite bins because they will slide all the way under the bit the bed and I will tell a kid like yeah you don't have to get rid of it I really try never to force my kid to get rid of something that's Mm -hmm. not to say I haven't snuck out in the dead of night some things that are truly broken that I truly know they won't miss like I've done it but I that's not my regular mo um Mm -hmm. and then the final tip which might seem the opposite of everything else I've just said is that I am not a opposed to an occasional bribe when necessary. And it usually looks like me deciding that it is worth $5 or $10 for a kid who's motivated by money to say, I would like to buy, um, this pile of junk from you for $5. And then it's mine to do what I want with. And some kids who are money motivated will actually make that deal with you. Um, or maybe there's another 
type of incentive. Actually, just recently in our most recent purge, Reed was holding on to some stuff. It had made it all the way out to garage purgatory and he still was not ready to part with it. Well, he just didn't want it's really hard for him to see it go away. Like he does not want to see the hauling away or the putting of something into a trash bin or bag. But I um, I used video game time. I was like, I'm going to give you. I like, I will make you a deal. And we joked like he's almost 13. Like we joked about it being like a backroom, like, like shady deal that I made him on the side. <laughs> and like, we all kind of laughed about it, but I think he got 45 minutes of video game time and I got to get rid of stuff that just, he just needed that little bit of extra incentive. So I right. feel like that was 90% really like positive, good parenting plus 10% bribes, which is consistent, <laughs> which can be good, yeah. which can be good parenting. Yeah, exactly. that does help me because I feel like you can get into this comparison game online of looking at people raising, you know, their little humans and they're like, well, I'm teaching my child to donate things and give things away. And, you know, we're getting a bunch of Christmas presents. So we're going to clean out our playroom. My kid's actively there. And I just, I haven't really gotten there yet with my no. kids. And I will say that my oldest, she is good about giving away books, which is hard for her because she's a little bookworm, but (laughs) she, I know, well, she got through um, a whole little series, the like mermaid unicorn books that she read in first grade. And she was like, I don't need these anymore. Um, I asked my middle if she wanted them and she was like, no, not really. And so I was like, we could sell them to have price books. And then you could go buy another book. And so that was kind of, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Um, My middle child is super motivated by money and didn't realize that that was something you could do until um, I was looking at her room and she has a bitty baby washer and dryer. And I'm like, you don't really play with this anymore. You're playing with more of the bigger American girl stuff. And I was like, I could probably get like 30 bucks for this on, (laughs) on our neighborhood group. And she was like, what? Somebody would want to buy this? And I was like, you have no idea. Um, and then my, you know, my three-year-old, almost four-year-old is kind of like just existing. Um, and he just doesn't, he just sees that things change in our house. I, I will say that I do have a good system when it comes to like memory boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really have anything in their room. Like what you said with like the Sterlite container of like, this is your stuff. Um, I mean, each of my girls have desks and Anthony has his own room. Um, but I do have like their memory boxes and that is a good system that we have. And that's, you know, but I'm, I'm in control of that. They're not going through that stuff. So it does, Um, it makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. I have never been able to eke that kind of like Instagram worthy altruism out of my children. That's not to say they're not kind and generous and don't think of others. Mm-hmm. I just think in my experience, it, it doesn't come out in the same way we experience it. Like, right. I don't think they get a lot of glee from getting rid of stuff. They haven't been on the planet very long. Like if right. they've been on the planet six years to get rid of like 20% of their stuff is, is destabilizing. So I guess, right. I just think it's really normal for it to be hard for kids. And that doesn't mean they're going to be like just selfish you know, like hoarders in the future. I don't think so. And I think you made a good point of this is the long game. Like this is something we're not, I might, you know, even if we do some of these things right now, we might not see it in the next year or two, them doing it naturally. But, you know, hopefully someday when 
they're off on their own and yeah. doing a home reset of their own, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll be able to like let things go and not be on an episode of hoarders. Yeah, um, exactly. so that's, that's the whole end game. That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, Joanna, this was really fun. I am feeling motivated. I'm really excited to see what you tackle next in your home reset. Um, we will link up in the show notes how to follow you on Instagram. And you mentioned a lot of really great other creators and writers. So we will make sure that the show notes are full of those links. And then next week's episode actually is like a good, um, it's like a jumping off point from here. Megan and I are going to be going through our pantries in our kitchen. Um, last fall we did what's in our fridge and freezer right now. And it was really fun. Um, and we're going to be going through our pantries, not necessarily as a like clean out or reset, but just as like a look at what's the, what season of life, what, what does, what do our pantries tell us about our season of life right now? What are we cooking and eating from the pantry area? So that is what's up on the mom hour next week. And Joanna, this was so fun. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the mom hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at the And Hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at the mom hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.